Today's episode of the WAC Podcast is brought to you by Hercules Tires, the official tire of the Western Athletic Conference. Now here are your hosts, Eric Danner and Rachel Hill. What's going on, everybody? Rachel Hill and Eric Danner coming to you from our homes. Eric, it is finally February, which means we are just a few short weeks away from WAC Vegas, which is crazy to think about, but happy February. I can't believe it's February already, Rachel. It seems time's going slow and fast at the same time, if that's possible. When you think back almost a year ago when we were in WAC Vegas, when the tournament was canceled and the COVID crisis hit, that that's almost been a year. Sometimes when you think back to that, it seems like five years ago, and sometimes it seems like a month ago. I completely agree with you there. However, we had some really good basketball this past weekend, a series both you and I were really looking forward to, and that was New Mexico State at Grand Canyon. And I will say, I didn't think it disappointed. Grand Canyon is looking like a really good team this year. New Mexico State, Rachel, they haven't played a whole lot, and I think that rust kind of showed during those games, but at the same time, I think they demonstrated this could be a team when we get to WAC Vegas here in, in about a month and a half that could be reckoned with. And all, all of a sudden, hey, Jabari Rice, we thought he was going to be out possibly uh, longer than this, and he's in the starting lineup. So kudos to Chris Jans for keeping that under his hat, as well as Clayton Henry in the lineup. So New Mexico State really hasn't had much time to gel with this group of guys, and then they're getting some more players back even as we go along. So they are going to be a team to reckon with, but uh, Grand Canyon, boy, they, they look like a really good team. And, and again, we're giving kudos. How about to the staff at Grand Canyon? I, I texted you, Rachel. I was like, how many fans did they allow at this game? And I, I read that it was about a thousand, but the way they spread them out with the cardboard cutouts, it looked like a full arena and the way their, their audio is there. And, and you and I have both been there. It's really loud with the music and the, and the cheerleaders and, and the band and all that stuff. So, Kudos to them for putting on a first-class atmosphere. And both coaches mentioned that after the games, that it was fun to actually feel like a, a part of a college basketball atmosphere. Yeah, it was fun to watch as well. I definitely enjoyed it. And like you said, kudos to both teams. If I'm going to be completely honest, you know, the Aggies haven't had that playing time. So I really didn't think it was going to be quite the game that it was. And you could tell that the players were just relying on each other for the Aggies team to really be that support and, you know, just keep them in the game. And then, yeah, kudos to Grand Canyon too for putting on such a good show there. Uh, and of course, just for a fun basketball game and the fun atmosphere as well. But looking now, GCU is heading down to UTRGV. So GCU pretty much has the crown right now here in the WAC standings. So right below them is UTRGV, both undefeated in conference play. UTRGV has only had the chance to play a couple of WAC games. So and they're always tough in Edinburgh. And, and that's going to be at the Burt Ogden Arena on ESPN+. And that's one of the games... I've really been looking forward to as well, Rachel, uh, with uh, Jonah Goldberg, Brian Smith, both people we've had on this show several times, and that's going to be a heck of a matchup. And it's always been uh, kind of a, a tough matchup for GCU playing UTRGV. The last three years, they've split their matchups. Uh, of course, Dan Marley was the coach before Bryce Drew, and but Lou Hill during that time. And sometimes UTRGV's won at GCU, and sometimes GCU's one at UTRGV, so this should be a great matchup this weekend. I'll look forward to it. Another fun matchup we're going to have is the last time that New Mexico State had lost in conference play was back when CBU beat them in 2019. Well, now they're going to look to bounce back against CBU this upcoming weekend. And they get to play at home. Uh, I, I'm saying this with air quotes uh, to people <laughs> listening 
on our uh, podcast on Spotify or, or Apple Podcasts, but they uh, they are now at home practicing. So good news there, but they're going to be playing uh, in El Paso about 40, 45 minutes away. I'm not sure exactly where the men's basketball team. I know, Rachel, there's been uh, a lot of conversations with New Mexico State in various locations in the city of El Paso, whether it's at UTEP where they played on Monday uh, last week against Western New Mexico, whether it's somewhere else in town. Obviously, their baseball, softball teams also trying to find places in El Paso to play, but uh, that's where the location will be, and it will be on the WAG Digital Network and Fox Sports Arizona and all that good stuff. But California Baptist, New Mexico State should be another good matchup as CBU any given night, they, they have a lot of talent, Rachel, and that, that should be, you know, between Gorjak Gak and then our player of the week uh, this week, Reed Nottage uh, out of Australia. He, he was burying the threes, like, like Ty Rowell can bury the threes, and they have a lot of talent that at any given time can get really hot and give any team fits. Averaging 21 points per game as well this weekend, an absolute study. I know it's not a name we've heard a lot about but obviously well-deserved there averaging that. And I, like you mentioned, three points, I believe he's tied for first in the league there in three-point percentage too. So um, really exciting. But the Aggies, they actually have a pretty big name from a school, a pretty big school coming in too as a transfer. Yeah, Marcus Watson will be coming back to the Aggies. They were hoping that he could join the team a little bit earlier, but given that they've only played a handful of games, probably not a bad time to be getting him. He comes from Oklahoma State. And this is one of those things, Rachel, we were mentioning how much talent New Mexico State has. And to have Jabari Rice back, to have Clayton Henry back, now they get Marcus Watson. Now they're starting to get some of these talented players. And Chris Jans always likes to go 9-10 deep. So they're they're always kind of coming at you. So yeah, New Mexico State uh, definitely going to be a team to watch. I, I had to check uh, my my computer this morning, Rachel, when I looked at the standings. They're zero and two in the conference. I mean, they played at GCU, the top team in the conference. But to see New Mexico State at the bottom, I I, I thought I was seeing things. Yeah, it was definitely playing tricks on your eyes there. But I'm sure that the Aggies will continue their rise up in the standings now as we get closer to WAC Vegas. Uh, an interesting game, though, that we had over, or series, I guess I should say, over the weekend was Dixie at CBU. So it seemed like the Lancers had Dixie pretty much under control in the game Friday night and they were able to get the win. But then Dixie comes back and absolutely just has a comeback win and wins it 79 to 75. It, we talked about uh, the back-to-backs, the Friday, Saturdays, and how different teams might look on each given night. And Dixie State, John Judkins, a heck of a coach, we mentioned that last week, how they gave GCU fits the first game and then kind of got blown out the second game. Kind of the opposite in this case, and they were able to hold on tough win in Riverside to get their first whack victory of the season and Dixie state, another team with a lot of talent, Cameron Gooden. Uh, I, I don't know what it's going to look like when we do our all conference teams, but uh, Cameron Gooden, definitely one of the best guards in the conference. And we have a lot of good guards. So it'll be interesting to see how the coaches vote for. That's a whole nother story when we get into the all conference selections, but uh, Dixie state, congratulations to them on getting their first ever whack victory on the road at CBU. And we had another team who was able to get their first whack win, and that was Tarleton. They were able to win 70-62 to 62 at UVU. And they were in control much of that game, Rachel. And you talked about it on the road to WAC Vegas, that Tarleton is, is the top three-point shooting team in the conference, and they got hot uh, from three-point land. And Utah Valley, really that second night, wasn't able to kind of get over the hump. You kind of thought that, you know, they were having a comeback and that, 
they, they might be able to catch him, but Tarleton always managed to hit a, a three or a big shot every time Utah Valley kind of challenged them. Now, some something to watch for Utah Valley in that uh, Saturday night game, Rachel, was J.J. Overton went in for a dunk, as we've seen so many times, and he injured his arm on the dunk. So he, he gets the dunk, and then he goes down the court, and he falls. And then at, at the end of the game, his arm's in a sling. So I don't know if he injured it when he – did the dunk, you know, that way, or, or if he fell funny or, or whatever, but that's something to watch as we head for because JJ Overton, obviously a big part of that Utah Valley lineup. A big one. We'll keep an eye out on that injury report for sure. Now looking ahead to women's hoops, Seattle, U four and two, but I'm not going to lie, Eric, I have to give credit to Chicago state because they definitely gave the Red Hawks a run for their money. They did on Friday. It was a mm-hmm. nine point lead for Chicago state at the half and they weren't able to hold on but seattle use a very good team so that, i mean that does show you chicago state has improved and i guess what they, they still haven't won a game and I, I don't know about the moral victories and how the coaches feel about that but they do look much better than in previous years so you mm-hmm. think they're going to put it together for an entire game one of these games i don't know who it's going to be against but yeah they gave seattle U a run for their money now the second game seattle U was in control much of the way but uh, you talked to Susie Barcombe last week on the road to WAC Vegas. They have a lot of talent this year. They had a lot of players to replace, but Mackenzie Williams is a really good player. And Georgia Keogh, uh, another Aussie, uh, both of our players of the week this week are from Australia. She uh, gets our player of the week, 14.6 boards. We're, we're average two and a half blocks and two steals. So she had a, a very complete series there. And and that's a player that hasn't maybe got a lot of fanfare just yet, uh, but uh, a, a great uh, performance by the Red Hawks who are now four and two in the conference. A great performance. Indeed. Uh, another good team we have in the WAC still currently undefeated 14 and zero, and that is the CBU Lancers. So they were supposed to play UTRGV last week. That series got postponed and now they're going to play New Mexico state this week. So the Aggies also did not play last week. So uh, both teams, I guess, kind of got a quote unquote COVID buy there and we'll look to see them play this week. CBU at 14 and zero, getting to play New Mexico state. And the Aggies, when we've seen them play, they're tough. I mean, they, they've got to play uh, Grand Canyon a couple weeks ago. They split that series, and it, it'll be interesting to see uh, CBU take on uh, take on the Aggies and see if they can keep the win streak going at uh, 14, and it dates back to last year. I think it's maybe 19 or something like that overall, but uh, Jared Olson and his squad, I mean, they, they're going to be the team to beat right now in women's basketball, but you look at the history, New Mexico State's always been uh, one of the tougher teams in the WAC. So that, that should be a fun series to watch. A very tough team. Another tough team that we have in the WAC, Grand Canyon. They're hosting Tarleton actually tonight and tomorrow. So this is being recorded on Monday. So Monday and Tuesday they will play. And then they're going to host UTRGB this weekend on Friday and Saturday. Yeah, we're giving out the kudos to, to GCU again here and to Tarleton <laughs> for figuring out how to get these games scheduled because playing on a Monday, Tuesday, and then turning around having to play Friday, Saturday, especially when you're not used to playing so many games in, in a given amount of time, uh, GCU and, and Tarleton figuring out how to get it done on a Monday, Tuesday, and that's going to be a, a tough assignment. But you, you talked about it with Susie Barcombe last week, uh, Rachel, that do these back-to-backs maybe help them once they get to the WAC tournament and mm-hmm. getting used to playing every day or getting used to uh, having not much rest in between games? 
Yeah. And she said, absolutely. You know, that time. And, and I think also kind of that mental prep work, she didn't touch on that too much, but I think that has something to do with it where, you know, you don't get a full 24 hours to really digest the game and maybe something that went wrong. You just got to go back out there and play And But at the exact same time, like on that same note, you also know exactly what they're probably going to bring at you because of the night before. So I, I personally am a big fan of the back-to-back games. I don't know about you, Eric, but personally, I'm really enjoying them. It has been a lot of fun. I, I wonder when you talk to the coaches after the season ends, if uh, they would be in favor of moving forward with a schedule like this. Cause I think, I think it's a lot of fun, but yeah, it does make it tough on those second nights, especially, but it is a model that uh, the Ivy league has used uh, for a number of years, whether you play the same opponent on back-to-back nights, it limits travel. It limits uh, the, the amount of missed class time, those kind of things. So there are some positives. Uh, Coach Barco mentioned last week that, the way it's scheduled that you don't have back-to-back games or series on the road. So you go yeah. home, road, home, road, the, the way it's uh, laid out right now. I don't know with our new uh, teams coming in next year, if that would be a possibility, you know, we're going divisional play and all that good stuff. So, but it, it would be an interesting concept if we uh, stuck with it. Well, we're going to talk about some of those new teams joining us here in just a quick second. But before we do that, Chicago State at Utah Valley this week is another good game to look forward to. And on that note, we are going to take a quick break. And like I mentioned, when we come back, we're going to be talking some whack new schools and football. We would like to thank our sponsors of the Whack Podcast, Hercules Tires and Adidas. Now back to Eric and Rachel. Welcome back to the WAC Podcast. Eric Danner and Rachel Hill coming to you from our homes. And Eric, we talked a lot about basketball, but now let's talk a little bit about football. There has been some rumors going around the country about who could possibly be joining the WAC for this season. It's an interesting uh, dilemma that the WAC has right now, a good dilemma, <laughs> in that uh, we're adding football in, in July, basically. July 1st is when our new members uh, come in and we're going to have the sport. But to get that AQ... You also need some uh, extra members, and with this transition taking place, it sounds like there's a possibility we might get uh, two or three other schools to join the WAC on a one-year basis. Nothing official yet, so that's why I'm not going to name any schools in as we're talking here, Rach, but I know uh, our, our commissioner and our, our uh, administration looking to add some schools so we can get through that uh, first year of, uh, of WAC football so we can have an AQ uh, this upcoming year. And speaking of those schools, we actually had a uh, basketball game featuring some of those schools yesterday on ESPNU. Stephen F. Austin hosting Sam Houston State. Great rivalry. It it goes back years and years and years. And they had 2,000 people at the game, too. I don't know if you had a chance to watch any of that, Rachel, but great atmosphere at Stephen F. Austin. They they defeat the uh, the rival uh, Sam Houston State Bearcats. Uh, and they uh, beat them 78 to 68. Now, earlier in the week, Abilene Christian, another team coming into the WAC, they uh, they hammered Stephen F. Austin 82 to 62. So uh, all, all those teams now have one loss. So it, we're, we're kind of keeping an eye on that. These teams are going to be in the WAC next year. And these are teams that have played in the NCAA tournament, Abilene Christian a couple of years ago, uh, Stephen F. Austin won at Duke last year, of course, Sam Houston State not too long ago was in the NCAA. So these are very quality teams. Lamar also been in the NCAAs. So that'll be a lot of fun to watch. So we'll have to kind of, obviously we're watching the WAC, but we're kind of keeping an eye uh, down in Texas as well about our, our, our upcoming new members. Yes. Yeah, so- Let's jump back, though, now to uh, some sports that we actually still have in the WAC real quick, and that is WAC Volleyball. 
started back up. It's hard to believe, Eric. You know, you always think volleyball in the fall. Here we are in the spring. But still, quality games that we're seeing despite everything going on. Yeah, it's it's hard to imagine that we're in the middle of volleyball season already, Rachel, and recording this on a Monday. They play Monday, Tuesday. And that seems to be a, a pretty good fit for what's happening, obviously, with basketball going on on Friday and Saturday. They kind of get the, the, the spotlight on, on Mondays and Tuesdays. So, And we're in conference play already, so there wasn't much of a warm-up there. But we're already seeing uh, some players of the week named for Grand Canyon. Uh, Yenny Murillo and uh, AJ Adam or KJ Adams were both named the uh, WAC uh, players of the week in volleyball, which comes out on Monday, and then they play on Monday. So there's there's a lot of news coming out on Mondays, Rachel. Yeah, so uh, stay tuned to the WAC social pages on Mondays for sure to, to find a list <laughs> of pretty much everything going on. Uh, uh, one thing though that is coming back, WAC soccer. It's hard to believe that too. I. Like my mind just hasn't really wrapped its head around that quite yet. But Seattle U was picked on the men's side to win. And uh, and on the women's side, excuse me. Seattle U was picked on the men's and women's side to win. Uh, and actually, we have a big game coming up on Wednesday of this week for the Seattle U men's team. The last time you and I were watching WAC soccer was over. I'm in Colorado Springs right now over at the Air Force Academy at the WAC tournament. And it seems that's one of those things that seems like it was a long time ago, but uh it was what about a year and a half ago now, or not, not even that. It was November of 2019. Teen, yeah. Yeah. So it, it's it's been a while. It's been a hot minute, as you like to say, Rach. But uh, Seattle U uh, men's soccer, of course, with Pete Fewing, they're always going to be tough. And yeah, they play Gonzaga on Wednesday at home, so they got a big matchup right off the bat. And then uh, the Seattle U women also pick to win, and and a big matchup we have right off the bat again is as Grand Canyon with uh, Coach Chris Sissel hosting Arizona. The uh, Wildcats yeah. will be coming to GCU on Thursday. So uh, we're, we're going to be into WAC men's conference play this weekend already. The schedule is a little different between the men's and the women's. So we have few, or we have more men's teams. So they can only, they're only going to play one game per week, one conference game per week. Whereas the women are going to be doing more of the basketball volleyball model where they're going to be playing on Thursdays, Saturdays, or possibly Friday, Sundays, but playing the same opponent twice in the same week. Once we get into conference play, which will be February 18th, but yeah, conference play in men's soccer. We're already here, Rachel. It's this week. <laughs> it's flying by. And yeah, the 18th will definitely be here before we know it. Uh, Dixie State, though, for women's soccer will also be playing Gonzaga. Yes. It'll be their first D1 opponent. Pretty big matchup right off the bat for Dixie State, and it's uh, it's amazing uh, having been a Division Two, and I worked in Division Two for many years, and uh, that when you're in that transition stage, all of a sudden you get uh, you get a chance to play some pretty big time opponents. Everybody wants wants to take a, a swing at you when, when you make that transition. Yeah, that they do. Uh, another one we've got coming up is softball. That's also hard to believe. Here we are talking <laughs> soccer and volleyball. Softball's coming out, and we have our preseason poll being released on Wednesday. <laughs> it is. And th that's not un unusual. This is the normal time that we do that, but it just seems unusual because it's like, hey, wait a second, we just did preseason soccer last week. Now we're doing preseason softball. Next week, we're doing preseason baseball. So it's pretty, uh, there's going to be so much going on, which is good. We, we, we want a lot going on. It's just unusual, I would say, to have this many things going on. First games in softball are going to be February 11th. First games in baseball are going to be February 19th. And then you throw into this mix, Rachel, the WAC Swimming and Diving Championships are going to be happening. 
it's separated this year. So the women are going to be in at Dixie in St. George, Utah, February 17th through the 20th. Following week, going to be at UNLV with the men. And that'll mm-hmm. be, and you're going to that, I'm going to Dixie. And then the diving is going to be happening at Northern Arizona. Typically, <laughs> we've done everything at, at the University of Houston the last three, four years. And you can do the swimming, you can do the diving, you can do men's and women's together. Obviously, with COVID, the numbers are limited, so I had to split them up. Uh, the diving facilities, not not every di- place that even has diving, of course, they have the diving boards, but they have platform diving in Division One mm-hmm. swimming and diving. So that's where Northern Arizona comes in, that they're able to host that. So there's going to be so much going on, Rachel. Uh, wake me up when it's June. <laughs> Right. (laughs) Good way to put it there, Eric. Yes, so much going on, but also so much fun to watch all the athletes be able to compete and everything else going on. So even though it is a lot, I know we're both really excited for it. But uh, that's going to wrap up this episode of the WAC podcast. Thank you to everybody that tuned in and we'll see you all next week. Make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and YouTube and check out our website at WACSports.com.